I wish you do something. Milking this shit like the Yoohoo bunny. Got the private plane lit and the Bluetooth running. Told you gonna spit like a new tube coming. Everybody fire like the Fubu coming. Whole bunch of zeros like a new bag of funnies. Told you got showers like Buju Bunty. Bullets that'll shoot through mountains. Talking that shit and I do do brown. I punish these boys, I ground them. Yeah, these funny ass boys, I clown them. I'm laughing so hard, laugh louder. Yeah, young money so raw, no condom. No teeth, just jaws, just tonsils. Fuck everything that they say about me. I done fucked every bad bitch that stands out beach. Money talk, mine just gave a nice speech. Just lay the bitch down like Layla Lee. Sitting in the throne trying to stay in my seat. It cost to be the boss, bitch, playing my feet. Only smoke blunts, get a J to white feet. Every now and then I might hit the J like Kyrie. The ones that hate me the most are just like me. You tell it up and say that they go just like me. If I inspire you, that's so inspiring. I need no work for me, that hope can get fired. Golf ain't converse from Lil Tyler. Might skate in the mic, not even rockin'. Bad bitch, nice top, nice bottom. Fuckin' with my chains on, she melt the ice out them. Superstar shit smellin' like roses. Superstar dick spread it like COVID. Flag red as fuck, but I'm golden. Casket lid was up and I closed it. I'm dead to sell and I'm Satan. Thousand bullet shells, yeah, I'm blatant. No ceiling, she's stargazing, dead president reincarnated. Tyler hero workin' on my jump, I need a shero fuckin' wonder. Woman, no ceiling, third time's a charm, nigga. I don't fuck with you like Big Sean. Fuck with two, your tomb is carved in stone. Just like statues of me when I'm gone. Artists, yeah, artillery get drawn, boy. I goes in like outside was a storm. Upgraded, this ain't need my final form. Can't say you ain't been worn. You ain't known what I've been on. I live and breathe and die by this. That life shit, it just don't sit on my charm. Take my kindness for weakness, then you're not strong. Host it, and my will when I'm gone. When I was down bad, I didn't complain. I was at the bottom, right where I belong. If you don't climb to the top, you're not as strong. Weezy, that's my twin, but we both 101. I can teach you how to get it 101. When you ball like this, ho, it's not a game, but I'm going insane all 21. Bitch, think we dated off of one and done. In the human race, except it's not a race, it's a quest, a journey, but I'm fucking facing all the problems that I keep on running from. Got a hit list, checklist, a do list, guest list, super bad bitch list. I don't need a wish list, I'm already gifted, I'm done giving forgiveness. The ones that hate me the most ain't none like me. I can never hate nobody, I ain't medicine. Bluegrass girl, ever since I cut it down, she been having wedding dreams. Rock the mic, let her sing, I've been ready for the war. Whatever that it brings from when niggas don't engage and they still let it ring. Got back up with me and we moving in sync. Got killing instincts, but I spit that vaccine. I'm only here raw if I hit a couple times already with the rubber and the shit didn't stink. Had a chain game, my brothers, we forever in the link. On the road, on the road, let's travel where you gotta pay a toll. Mm hmm, yeah, whatever that means. Weezy said, kill him, man, fuck all that booty shit. I'm on that brutal shit. When I say next year is all year, ho, watch what we do to it. 10 plus in and I can't let go. Just like my girl do with stupid shit. It's a lot of y'all that owe me a check, respect, and publishing. Yeah, ho, slew and shit. I mean, Euphoria with a young thing and she popping like ruin shit. Me and Weezy beat the beat like we can and write you and shit. I used to hesitate till my heart's on my head. Little bitch quit playing and do this shit. When you on like this, every bad bitch come around with ass and titties. Need that double R when you go racks to riches. Need some R&R, but now we back to business, little bitch. Yeah. Little fucking bitch. Taking the back, son. I can't even fathom how many people I've probably reached out to to say, hey, like, we should do such and such, and we should collab or do such and such. 
and then you would never hear anything back. That's why, that's why I can appreciate somebody like a Wordu, because he may not be as big, but he was on a he was on a real big podcast like previously, right? Yeah, but he left to like start his own path, right? And he's and that takes a lot because I don't think people are willing to bet on themselves. Like they will either quit before they can get ahead, or they or when they are ahead, they forget that damn. Like I was. Let me let me at least at least let me not say oh we don't have to work with you because my platform too big you don't have to pay to get on here, but at least like set a goal for that person and be like okay, once you get to this then I'll see I I'll, I'll shout you out. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do because like uh, I want to say about a year ago, our first time, a year or some change ago, our first time collaborating with Wardo, bro. He had like a lot of emotion behind him, and bro just literally came on. He let us on his shit, and he fucked with us no matter what. Like so, that shit was solid to me. He literally, we didn't have nothing out there to be like, hey, let us fuck with you. He just like, hey, it is what it is. I like to collab. So that's solid. And I would say the route for the show is literally going the way, like right now, is literally going the way that I want it to go. Because in the beginning, like we got out like the personality, the face, because we couldn't really do this, like like the whole no camera thing. Like this is how I wanted it to go until the next rollout that we got going. But we already got the per people, like they know our, like we, we going, this is as big as we going to get right now with the personality and stuff so now it, we got to focus on getting the content out because everybody that um that followed us like this is how is it gonna go bro until we get that content out hey bro this off topic is fuck but like bro, i made some monkey bread earlier that shit was crazy good bro what type I, of monkey bread i know it's different types bro i literally was in the kitchen we had some little biscuits up in there no, no, that's what I'm saying. You making monkey bread? Like, what are the ingredients? Like, let me feel you. You, oh, I just made monkey bread. Okay, nobody want to hear about. Let me feel it. Like, did you have nuts? Did what kind of sugar, pepper, salt, seasoning? Was it seasoning? What type of oven? Was it three seventy five to four twenty? Let me, let me walk me through the process of why you even wanted to make monkey bread. Right. We too broke. I was like, fuck, I'm not trying to eat nothing crazy, right? I ain't trying to go to the store and buy some fucking junk. So let me go ahead and figure this out. So I opened up the fridge and I saw some biscuits. I was like, bro, I'm going to just make some biscuits, throw some jelly on that bitch and be good. I pulled out the biscuits, pulled out the pan, and I literally set them on the pan. And I was looking at them. I was like, bro, we did this year when I was in homeschool, home economics. My mama made us make monkey bread one time. So I was like, I know what I'm doing. So I got to cut them bitches in fours. Each biscuit, I cut that bitch in fours. Chop, chop. Do that bitch in a little uh, mixing bowl, right? And then each, out of all the biscuits, I had them up in there. I grabbed some brown sugar. Grabbed some fucking butter. Put the butter in a little measuring cup shit. Put it in the microwave for a minute. Let that bitch melt down. Added the brown sugar to the butter and the regular sugar to the butter. Put like two drops of vanilla in that bitch and some cinnamon. Got to stir that shit up. Damn. Okay, why would you put vanilla and cinnamon? Like, what? What, what was the? What was the purpose for that? You ain't had no honey. You did. You did. Uh, 
you no know, sugar and spice and everything nice. Why? Why? I added the cinnamon is my spice to mm -hmm. get pour that shit out. You feel me? And I had the brown sugar up in there too, and I put the brown sugar like uh. Oh, I'm gonna get to that point. So then I mix that shit up. I poured it in the bowl, and I got the mixing that shit around, making sure again and all the nooks and crannies of that bitch. Then I grabbed a little bread bowl we got, cause we got a little, we making fresh bread and shit. So we put it like in a little bread bowl. So I put it up in there, put of it. I don't know how to make icing, right? So I put that bitch on uh, 350 in the oven for like 25 minutes. I don't know how to make icing. Icing you need like shit. Make that shit good, I don't even care. She did her thing. That shit was fire. That bitch come out the oven. That shit steaming. The motherfucking uh, monkey bread steaming, bro. So I take another pan. I flip that bitch over. And it's sitting there. I let that bitch cool down for a little minute. So now it's like solid, right? So then I take the, the little pan off. That bitch cool down. Get it smearing the icing on that bitch. Bro, we broke that bitch down. That shit was fire. That shit was fire, bro. It was it fire because you made it, or was no. it? Would you be able to sell it fire, or would you just let somebody get it for free? Dead ass, like two. I'm gonna say like two days ago, I fucked up a cake. I tried to make a fresh cake, bro. Like straight <laughs> went in the kitchen trying to make a fresh cake. The shit was terrible, bro. We threw the bitch out. Like it was nasty. I don't know how you can fuck up a cake, and I really don't know where I went wrong with this still to this moment. But this cake was what you mean? How you don't know you can fuck up the cake? That's bake. I think baking is probably harder than cooking. Bro, like you mixing shit, spices and shit. Yeah, bro, crazy, bro. I fucked that up though. Like I had all the ingredients. I feel like, but I fucked it up somewhere down the way. But never mind that. But this monkey bread shit, bro. Christina don't even fuck with shit. I be like the sweets I be making. It. She only like when I like cook dinner and shit. That's what I know how to do. <laughs> That's honesty, though. You need that type of honesty, though, so you get better. I ain't no baker, so, like, I made that shit. She was like, she took a bite. She was like, hey, this shit good. I was like, okay, so I know it's good. She would have been like, mm-mm, I don't want it. If it was nasty, her ass fucked up her bowl. She killed her shit. I was like, all right, so that some pressure, nigga. That uh -huh. shit was that shit was fire. But yeah, that was off topic. But yeah, I made some monkey bread, bro. That shit was hit. I'm so about to look. So little, monkey, so little monkey. What were we talking about then? The fuck you just called me? That I thought that was the dick day. You talked about monkey bread. Oh, I, I, oh, we can't say that. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ruck ass nigga. If you know. <laughs> Ain't it for ain't it funny that we can't say that, but they called my cousin my cousin monkey growing up, but that's just cause he 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 came out the womb hairy. Like he's always been hairy. But now, like the way the world is so sensitive now, if you if we if we say, oh monkey, if we say that my cousins still call him monkey to this day. But we sit up there and say, Monkey, oh, it's racist. Oh, oh, he's sensitive. I'm sitting there like we must have been real messed up back then. Cause that was no, that I didn't think nothing of black people. When I, when I heard monkey, I thought of my cousin. Yeah, shit. I don't know how much you were thought about racism and shit like that, but 
<laughs> bro, I will come across a big head with a glass bottle that called me a monkey. <laughs> you know what the <laughs> nah, All right. Nah. So, 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 does it matter the type of race? Because, like, going in, because you probably don't see it. So, the, one of the Oakland A's announces, right? He was trying to, I guess he was trying to imply that him and his co-hosts, they went to the um, Negro League Museum, right? Yeah. And it's a big push in the MLB to embrace the Negro Leagues right now, right? So this is a new thing for everybody. I understand this is very new for everybody. But keep in mind, this dude went on camera. He went on camera and, and talked about, um, he was like, yeah, we were just at the nigger league museum <laughs> and then everybody got mad because his co-host like he kept the show he didn't like acknowledge that he said the hard er word and everything and i'm sitting there like the mlb is trying to i get it the mlb is trying to embrace the negro league these aren't words that white people are used to saying you get what i'm saying yeah and that E hard er word is probably something he used like way down in the closet that he didn't come out because he grew probably as a person but now he's trying to get into our culture and embrace the negro league he not used to saying negro <laughs> he's not used to saying negro so it's okay with it no but i'm 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 saying i'm i'm saying i i understand Okay, I, I understand how he can, how his words can get mixed up in saying that, because yeah. they're trying to have white people embrace Negro League culture when the culture wasn't for them. Nah. All right, so look, right, Pete, Pete, this is how I'm gonna look at it. You were meant to say Negro, but you said the ER. Mm -hmm. Negro was a term to identify our race. The ER was a term to demean our race. Before African-American, we were, we were Negroes. But to insult us, they called us the ER. So for it to get mixed up in any type of way, it's not understandable. Because instead of identifying what we were called back then, you identify what we was insulted and called back then. You you basically just said, I am not aware of the history. I am just going to say what comes to my mind first. So I can't understand what he did. Because if you're an older white man, an older man in America, you need to be able to know about the what happened in America so that you could teach. So if you starting off and you saying the wrong thing that can hurt, the youth or anybody's feelings, you're already wrong because you should already be cultured enough, especially if you're on TV and you got a microphone, that you're not gonna come off like that. But that's the thing where I I see the flaw in in people trying to cut corners and not paying people what they're worth. And this is what I mean when I say this. So so this whole push of more black players and embracing the Negro Leagues. How long has the Negro Leagues been away with? A very long time. But recently, now they're embracing the Negro League culture, right? That just proved that they had to have two white Americans 
that prop that most likely was not into anything dealing with the Negro. The probably most thing they probably dealt with the Negro leagues is the is the transition of Jackie Robinson. That's probably all that they know. So sending them two white Americans going to the Negro League Museum, that should just prove that there isn't a lot of black people in those positions to where they can be the ones to go there, that they have to, I wouldn't say force, but they would have to require people that's already working there, that's not a part of the culture, and to, oh, we're just going to get them to do it and and let that be um, inclusivity. Let that be like, oh, we're bringing cultures together. When all actuality, just pay the people and acknowledge that, okay, we need some diversion in here. Everything doesn't have to be for everybody. Why? Because you get people that end up losing their jobs, losing their career, because that's not what they're meant to do. You can, ha- you could have had, if someone of another race was there with him, why would you have two white people to go to the Negro League Museum? What, what on planet Earth are they really gonna br- t- come back and and say that's really gonna make people believe that? they learn something from the Negro League Museum outside of just getting a check. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, bro, but I don't want representation. I want proper representation. If there wasn't a, if both of them, I want qualified representation. So if both of them white men was the most qualified for the job, then they were the most qualified for that job, and then they get that job. I just don't want you to to throw me a token nigga to go there. I want the most qualified person to go there. Do you get me? I don't need in my life or in my media. How I, under, I understand that, but how do we know if someone's the most qualified until they come out and say something ignorant and be like, oh, well, obviously he wasn't qualified. He already got fired. So it's like, yeah. he just, I, no, I, like, he messed up his life. But I'm saying like, I just don't like, so look, you will see on a lot of these shows, on a lot of this shit, they have a white cast, and they throw one black person up there. And it's supposed to be representation. I just don't want random representation. I want the proper representation that's going to properly represent. You get me? I just don't want the one who won't say yes to what y'all need to say. Okay, so how do you feel about, like, we're watching NBA games, right? The playoffs has been amazing. But the only people that seem to get those sideline interviews or women or women of color like very beautiful women do you feel like that's proper representation because we have people like malika andrews taylor works who was phenomenal phenomenal like how do you do you feel that's proper representation or what do you feel like that's representing when we only see women in those positions uh, well, they be talking they shit, so I'm going to say they be knowing what they be talking about. Well, they be knowing how to ask the right questions, and that's them probably being trained in the fucking media aspect, I guess. But they be talking they shit, so I'm not going to say that's not proper representation. But I wouldn't want somebody to get blackballed from a job just because they were trying to fill a role and give us a token. You see, like, the one thing I don't like is, like, when there's something going on, and about something so like look at it um there's uproar about something in the world like black people are mad and they always do this little pat on the back or this little this little cookie shit where 
we mad about something and they give us a cookie to hold on to and be like, you okay now, right? You okay now? Stop crying. No, it's okay. We just gave you that. And you do this to win us over so that we calm back down. And then niggas calm back down. And it's like, all right, all good. We got them in that position. But then shit turned back up. They're like, but we just did that. All right, give them a little bit more. They never actually give us what we deserve. They just give us these little trinkets so that we can shut the fuck up for the time being. I remember, I think it was during the bubble time frame when uh, I forget what her name was, the red haired white girl, older lady. Oh, she, Rachel? Yeah, she had said some shit. Rachel Nichols. She used to be on uh, 2K. Um, she had said some shit I guess they didn't agree with. They took her ass off. Playoff Jimmy. Huh? I said, shout out to Playoff Jimmy. She <laughs> yeah. had uh, said some shit they didn't agree with, I guess. And they took her off all the shit. And she was like, Ain't that crazy, though? Legendary in that position, bro. Like everybody knew when they was about to have that interview with Rachel. You had a big game. She's still like, sorry to cut you off, but she's still like, I haven't heard anything from. Like that is crazy how when you can get, I was, I wouldn't say canceled, but when you can get outcasted, you they will make sure that's cr- how much they can push you and how much they can cut your water off. That's shout out Rachel Nichols, man. But but damn, bro, like that should be crazy too, though, right? I know she got a podcast now or whatever, but that shit's crazy, bro, that they can literally blackball you from a whole industry that you spent your whole life to get into. And, bro, a woman in sports, that shit is crazy to begin with. You get me? Because niggas don't take women serious when they start, excuse me, men don't want to take women serious when they start talking about sports most of the time. So women, they got to know they shit up front. And for her to be doing it for that long and then be able to get blackballed up out of it, lose her fuck had to find new avenues of income, new ways to get back in the door. That's crazy to me, bro. So, she, if so I remember, uh, she didn't say nothing crazy. So when you saying women in sports and when they know what they're talking about, so it's a, I can give an example about Mina Combs. Mina Combs was a, she could have been an engineer, right? But she went into sports media and she's basically like the analytics person, like any person you want to go to. Because you know how, People in football, people in basketball talk about the game, like the feel of the game. Like yeah. Mark, Jack- Mark Mark Jackson, let's say, like, he knows a player, and these analytics really can't determine what a player is actually worth. I mean, the comms is on that on that time frame of, like, the analytics is, is, is her, like, acknowledgement of how she knows where players and teams are going. So what what avenue do you think like women can bring to the game of knowing the knowledge or does it matter? Like, should, should we not separate that two from men and women? No, nah, I don't think we should separate it. I just, I, bro, I feel like the same thing when it comes to the colorism or whatever. I just want the proper representation. If they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Then you should get the job. I don't see nothing else wrong with that. If you can get the job, you should get the job. If you're the best person in them interviews, like if we're having, if we say we need a new host for a new show that's coming up on ESPN, I don't need you just interviewing women. You interview everybody. You interview everybody who can host the show. You don't just got to be one demographic because that is exclusion if you're only interviewing women. And then to take it further, if you're only interviewing beautiful women, yeah, you have a beautiful face to be on TV. 
But if somebody knows what they're talking about and they me at five or six, bro, take that opportunity to have them come up there and actually speak their opinion too. If they can keep a show going and they can bring in an audience, you get me. So why does so why do we have cats like a JJ Reddick or a Kendrick Perkins that are trying to, I want to say not not diss or not acknowledge, but they will always bring up their resumes because that that's something I don't like, like. I don't want to get on I don't want to get on TV and talk about sports, right? Or yeah. I don't want to hear my sportscaster when they're talking about the players I'm currently watching. I don't want to hear, well, when I was in the league, this is well, the same play that like Richard Jefferson always does that. I'm like, I don't I get it. Y'all are athletes and y'all think y'all have a better perspective of the game, but at a point in the time, we don't want to I personally don't I can't speak for you. I personally don't care about your career that didn't amount to a person you're criticizing right now. I don't know, bro. I feel totally different. I like when uh let me know. I like when JJ starts talking this shit. I like when um they actually I don't like when they just say shit. I don't like when like they just speak. What you mean? One thing I like about JJ is he actually break down defenses. He actually break down play calling and all that shit. When he's talking about it, he actually talking about numbers and the fucking stats that go behind it. So I'd be looking at it, I'd be like, hey, I fuck with that. Because he's just not saying random facts. He's trying to actually put it in your mind that, boy, these players are way more skilled. These players are doing something totally different. Their nutrition is different. Like when he be talking about it, I'd be like, all right, I fuck with that. Because he's giving me a look at the NBA that I don't really get because I'm a fan. So so is he a good matchup for Stephen A. Smith? Because if you had if you had two JJ Reddits, you said like you're giving JJ Reddy his flowers and he's doing an amazing job analyzing games, right? But would you say you want to watch something, a debate where it's two JJ Reddicks? Like is a person giving those same analytics to refute what he's saying? Like, is that what you want out of a show? The JJ Reddick is good with the older man, like with the with the old man who who been in like what Stephen A like what they do like when you get the old man he's just been in the journalism the whole time so he's been watching sports from the outside but he's been watching sports since probably JJ was a little kid so he knows sports from a different aspect and then JJ know it from the I'm in the trenches with it aspect so when you go at it with the old man and then the player it's a total different feel because it's like, are you going to get the raw emotions of, I watched them 90 games live. I was there. And then he's like, so what? Like, like that shit, it, it hits better when it's like that. You can't have two players who just going back and forth arguing about the game because eventually you get JJ and Kendrick arguing with each other. They gonna start talking shit that we don't know. They gonna start talking about defenses and this and that. Like, well, we was running this type of defense when we was playing LeBron and them Cavs, and we had they ass fucking trying to run a two three zone on the like. They gonna be saying shit that people like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, but that's that's the thing where I have to differ from you because I watch somebody like a this re, this recently I've been watching him, um, the way Gilbert Arenas breaks down games. And yes, he have his co-hosts that was in the league and they'll fill in. They're not really like they're giving their opinions, but it's literally Gilbert Arenas breaking down scenarios of each game. And I'm sitting there like, I don't think he can really match up with somebody that can debate him because you want to hear him break down a certain scenario or when he talk about his Zion Williamson and about 
his nutrition and his body or his build or not giving up on him. Like, I don't think he works well in an debate style. He's a former player as well. Yeah, I I like uh I like Gil a lot. I do like when he started talking this shit. But sometimes I just be like, I'ma turn this off. I'm a slow <laughs> about it because I ain't trying to hear Gil talk right now. And he's only like fun to listen to sometimes. And I be catching yeah. Because I can't, I would say I can't listen to like hours of, but like it's like them little clips. I can most definitely look at. That that's my thing. Like it's only fun to listen to Gil when he's talking about certain topics or certain players or certain instance. I can't just listen to Gil talk about basketball because I feel like it'll just become a scout's view, and you don't just want to sit there and talk to a scout about what they fucking give you a a fucking shitload of shit that like you don't care about he started talking like a scout too often and i'd be like all right i, I get this is what like what you see when you watch the game but shit it's fun when you just talk your shit and you make fun of players or that you talk about like their commitment and stuff like that that's the shit that gets me in but when he started going on his scout rants when he sees in players with this and that i'm like Yo, Gil, I'm not trying to hear this from you, bro. Like, I'm not trying to hear this from you. And I do understand there might be a market that do want to hear that from Gibbler Arenas because he has an eye for the game, but that's not what I'd be looking at. I like it because I, I can. I can completely agree with what you mean about, like, not wanting to hear a scout. So, mind you, I want to hear something from an analyst brain, Khalil. Can you get? Can you give me – we're on different ranks right now, so let us yeah. give our breakdown of what we've seen. And because this this playoff series right now, I would say this is probably the most in tune playoff series I've been in, right? Because usually I watch my games like I wouldn't want to say on here, but I watch my games how I watch my games. But I recently just resubscribed. It's like almost seventy some dollars a month to YouTube TV. But I, it's the benefit of it, of these games, is all of these games been keeping me intrigued. I can rewind. I can watch it when I want to. Because I can't watch a game live, like, because sometimes I'm not in or I'm, like, like I'll be up at one or two. Like, I need other stuff to do, right? I'm doing homework. So YouTube TV, this is not an ad, but that literally gives me the benefit of sitting down and watching these games. And when I tell you, I can understand from even like, because this is our career with different ranks in this sports show, but I could literally have a clear understanding of how they can break down games. And I'm invested right now in this playoffs. Yeah, I probably only missed five games this play, this entire playoffs, like five games. That's all I've missed. Like, and I've been watching like um, majority of these fucking games and all the games I missed, they've probably been New York games and I'm not going to hold them. <laughs> oh, see, see, yeah, see, oh, we're not even going to get there, but are we talking about New York first round? Cause I've, I don't right. watch, I didn't watch the Timberwolves. It's, it's only certain teams that I watch. I'm not going to seriously, I watch every game. I've watched probably every game minus these New York okay. games. I've watched why, why are you not messing with? See, this is, I don't want to say I love it cause the series not over. But New York fans, like, as a Hawks fan, dog, like, we whoop up on the Knicks all the time. But they literally went so, like, they went so crazy 
Like, that's one fan base that I wish that our team had. But they went so crazy to where it's like they won the NBA final. Like, y'all are in the first round. Y'all are going this hard. Like, Sacramento, I think, did it respectfully. But the Knicks, dog, I'm embarrassed for them. I don't know, bro. I don't know about neither one of them. Honestly, and I look at Like uh, the beam? Bro, bro, I think New York just get a bigger eye on them, how they do things. But that like the beam shit just seems a little bit dramatic to me. But bro. the thing is, I don't think they should light the beam after every win. That's what made it like mundane. Like you don't have to light light the beam when the series like light the beam when you accomplish something. Don't light the beam. Oh, we won a game. Light the beam. Like no. Like that junk is like in the regular season. Cool. A game winner type game. Like the like making it. Or oh, I just broke this record. Like the don't light the game beam after every win because now it's like it's. There's nothing to look forward to with that bean. Because when you lose, it's no more bean. Bye-bye, bean. Or bean. It's no light. <laughs> the darkest nights are out here, boy. No fucking purple sky. No bean. I don't know, bro. Since fucking J- Jalen Brunson been like 50%. How you feel about Jalen Brunson? The boy is a bucket. He is an absolute bucket. I don't, bro, I, I think we need to uh, start re- this is going to go totally left from what I was just saying about him being a buggy. But I think we need to stop paying these players, bro. Whoa. I think we need to stop. They ain't got nothing to do with Jalen Brunson. This is that something to totally do with Jordan Poole. This man has been a no-show okay. for the Okay, so we get, are we getting into this one? Are we getting into this one? Because this, this right here, I, I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you cook. Stop paying him, bro. Like, for real. Like, he has not been a help he has not shown up he has not done anything steve curry even said it in the post game like he had a hard time getting started he was getting frustrated in the game he started he got hot point in game uh four was it getting no game three he got hot at one point in game three but still took a bad shot and i don't care what you say it was a bad shot he how was it a bad shot if he was six for ten he was hot and he's with the best. He has the. I told you he has the confidence with the best shooter in the game. I'm going to take that shot personally if I'm feeling hot. He's not the first or second best shooter on his team. But did you see? Did you see? Did you see the game recently when Steph? When Steph? We'll get into that play when we talk about the highlights. But literally, Steph did not pass up that ball, and AD played some phenomenal defense. But Steph did not pass up that ball for them two last second shots in the game, and it. I I think I think he took that Jordan Poole shot thing personally, in my opinion, because that's how it's supposed to be. Steph needs to be taking that shot. No, he does not. We have to differ because I think Clay needs that last shot. If we gonna be and Clay wasn't hot, but Clay needs that last shot. He, he need to be Steph. Steph needs to have that ball in his hand. He is the team captain. He needs to have that ball. If Draymond cannot get Steph that ball, the next option, the most obvious fucking option, is Clay Thompson. Spot up, shoot, shoot that bitch. It's the most obvious shit. It has one yard games that led to championships. Game six, fucking Clay is a real thing, bro. Like we talk about this all the time. You have two great options out there. The two. Then one and two postseason leading three point shooters, 
Steph and Clay. You have them right there. Why, so why not? do you think? So why do you what what do you think is Clay's struggles right now? Because he's been he, like I told you when they won that game previously, dog. Is if Clay isn't dominant, like he can be good, like okay, he can have a nice eighteen to twenty point, like that's cool. But if he isn't dominant, the words isn't winning. Like I've I've let that be known. Dominant though, if you look at the game, like how I'm looking at it, bro. Clay does not take as many shots as Clay used to take because they have other shot makers now. Back in the day, they only had about three or four. I would say that is true. They have so they have a bench now who can also shoot the ball. Clay isn't taking as many shots. Clay' biggest role in the game right now is spot up shooting and defense. Do you think that's a problem? Because no. Andrew Wiggins has been he's been doing like on both ends of the court. He's been well. But it's like when that them seasons when they had Livingston and and Andre Iguodala, like the players did more. Like DiVincenzo is like a, a lesser Steph. Like he needs the ball to work. Jordan Poole, we already understand Jordan Poole. Kuminga isn't really even getting the playtime like that he needs to try to develop like a Andrew Wiggins. And Looney, Looney as well, you know. Looney isn't really giving what he actually needs to give because, yes, he can constantly get rebounds. He can constantly do things where people aren't really worried about him on the offensive end. And even when Looney gets on the defensive end, he cannot contest shots. He can't block shots. He can't be that presence around the paint like ad like ad is probably one of the best defenders in the league right now hey, my bad my bad real quick uh you know my son body training he needs to get up and go pee so we had to take him there we get it done you feel me all right go ahead but i was talking about the 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 role players like a kuminga a looney uh like the player, and I was comparing him to a Livingston, the Andre Iguodala. Uh, uh, who he's on the Kings right now. Harrison, like the players, there aren't the Arthur. same. Like most of the players they have now needs the ball. Yeah. Looney is a fantastic rebounder, but he isn't a paint threat on the defensive end. He can't score post-up, mid-range, but he isn't a threat with LeBron or AD getting to the paint. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think that with the Warriors team, they could have won it. And I'm not saying that the series is over because, you know, you know how this shit goes. But see that block. They could have won it, bro. I feel like it was evident to me that they could have won this when Draymond dropped what nineteen and one of their wins, and I would and they won win from the series. And I was just like, if Draymond can get shots up, if Draymond can look and shoot first and stop passing the ball to people outside of Clay, outside of Steph, Draymond can activate himself. There can be something different from them. But I because think that's, don't Draymond I think from a. Says- 
I think it's second nature to him now because even when um, Gary Payton did that thing where he threw up and had to go outside, and yeah. um, and he just threw he threw the ball on the bench. Like I think it's second nature to him, like to pass the ball. Like that that spoke volumes of how their offense is ran. And I don't really he think they play off the feel of the game. They play off of like our routine. And I think that that's going to mess them up. Well, I won't say it's going to mess them up because they're four-time champions. But I'm going to say that it, it does. Like, uh, we're not it, talking it, about them being four. T- we're talking about this series right I, now. No, no. But what I'm saying is, it it comes with like when you're in a rotation, when when you're in a, a routine and things, we do this every day. It's like when. When you're learning martial arts, you do a move so many times, so many, I mean, excuse me, you, you do a technique, you, <laughs> you do a technique so many times, so many times, so many times, we, until it becomes, it becomes almost crazy for you to mess it up. You know it, you know it, you put so many repetitions into it that you can't get it wrong. You can only get it right. They put so many repetitions in the gym with each other that every step of the way, they know where you're going to line up. They know where you're going to end up for these shots, for these for these passes. But the one thing that they can't prepare for is what the other team is going to do. When you have Anthony Davis playing over a screen, putting his hand out there, easy still. Because y'all not setting up for somebody who is fucking 7-2. You get me? But that's, ain't got nobody. that's the thing that bringing up their four-time champions. Yes, their routine has been four-time champion. But as LeBron easily figured out is as you age, that routine has to change. Like LeBron has probably taken more threes as these last five years than he did the first 15. Like that routine can't be the same. Like there isn't one team, even the Warriors, even the Warriors championship team, they're all, there've been different players on those teams. Yeah. The nucleus stayed the same, but. Man, I, I don't know, bro. I really see LeBron and Lakers as uh, I was listening to something. And if you look at it like I'm looking at it, bro, the Warriors is like a two seed. LeBron was like neither one of these teams are the seeds that, like, that they hold. They are not them numbers that you see by them, bro. They are a threat. They are really a threat. And they have shown that so far through these playoffs, LeBron them is playing on a level of fucking sheesh. Like, bro, they look like they are ready. So let's break this and down. Now, hey, go so, so we got the first play. Well, not the first play, but one of the key plays, LeBron making his block on Steph, dog. This is, I think this is the play that, that changed the tide. The energy in this in the building was shifting when that play happened. And look at AD, bro. Tell me, tell me what you feel about AD's defense in this sequence. He's got five in the quarter now. First lead for the Lakers since early in the third. And LeBron James with the rejection. Oh, and then LeBron James gets blown by by Curry on the switch. Gave him one. He's got five. Right. No fouls to give either way. Curry 
Dancing with Davis. Lost the handle. Keeps the dribble. Tend to shoot. Curry doing it himself here. One foot fadeaway. No good. It's Green with a rebound. Tipped by Wiggins. Another chance for Golden State. Curry. It, and now the Lakers will go to the line. Well, he misses this first one, but Schroeder's on Draymond Green on the switch. So he gives up the offensive rebound. And then Curry with a deep yeah. step back three. And Lonnie Walker, a very good free throw shooter. AD, defensively on Steph. Tell me about that. Man, he's the best defensive player in the league. I mean, you know, I think the league knows it as well. Not many guys that can protect the rim at all costs and also switch out on point guards, switch out on guys like Steph. Steph is a hell of a player, had a hell of a game. I think he even had a triple-double. But we trust AD guarding anybody in this league, and he showed that. One AD. And now Draymond Green, a little fake on the pass, able to lay it in. He created by Look at this pass up in the air. Oh man. And then finds DiVincenzo. So good. Curry. Eyes in the back of his head. Look at this pass. If you look at the heat. So, so starting off on this play, dog. How do you feel about AD's defense? I know we're getting LeBron right now, but how do you feel about AD's defense right here? I feel like it's good, bro. He had his active hands the whole time. He was trying to stay right there, had hands up, hands in the face. He's moving. He's moving. That's a big man moving right there. They couldn't get the rebound and security. He ran right back out there. See, right there. Do you still want Steph shooting that shot? Because it, it was the same distance and off the dribble as Jordan Poole. And I don't think anybody denied if that was a bad shot or not. I still want Steph shooting that shot. Mm -hmm. And that boy right there, we're going to get into him, Lonnie Walker. The teams that Rob Palenka put together, these are these aren't play these are these are players that 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 went first first round that they was supposed to do well, like Rui Huchamara. Like those are players that was supposed to do well in those systems, but they just didn't have the talent around them to develop. Yeah. Hey, Lonnie Walker, man. I want to say the first time I've ever seen, I ever saw Lonnie Walker was on a podcast, bro. With his hair? Uh, with his hair? Nah, he was on a podcast. I forget who he was on, who podcast he was on, but he was talking to somebody, and he was talking about the opportunity to be on the Lakers. And he was just sounded real humble. But, like, the way he was talking, I was like, hey, I want to see him play. But then coming into the playoffs, it was, like, right before the playoffs, like, right before the end of the regular season, the, he was on this podcast, and I listened to him talk, and I was like, I want to see him play. But then, like, playoffs start, he's on the bench. And then this series comes in, and he's playing, and I'm like, damn, bro's a bucket. Like, why the fuck did he not get no showtime on the Spurs? Like, what was going on? But, yeah, bro, the opportunity comes in. He showed up, bro. 
he fucking showed up. 15 points in the fourth quarter. Like, what? He earned. He's going to earn some valuable playing time in this next series, whoever they're going up against. I'm telling you. So, even even like with the um, I think I think this is, I think the playoffs is going towards the battle of the coaches, because even talking about the Suns and the Nuggets, Monty Williams needs his credit because what he switched from big man basketball to mostly scoring with Terrence Ross and and Shamit, like dog, like. Like Monty Williams literally was saying, even without Chris Paul, he shook up his offense. He took a page out of Steve Kerr's books and said, "Okay, I know we're in the middle of the playoffs right now, but we need to make adjustments to win these games." What was the biggest adjustment they made, though? Taking out Biombo, sitting down Aiden for some time, and inserting Terrence Ross in the starting lineup, Ace, and bro. then Landry Shamit, bro. Fact that KD because you have KD and Devin Booker, you don't need to be setting up shots for these two. You need to get down the floor, get on the sh- get on the ball, and they can create their shots. Their pace since Chris Paul has been out has been ridiculous. They have been running the whole time. But that's the-, the thing. I understand Devin Booker is going crazy, but I understand. So they to win some more games, KD and Book needs to have at least plus seventy five points to like equally. But you and, still need those shots and, from those role players. I understand you. they get those shots through pace. You need to understand that Kevin Durant has always been a get up the floor, give me my buckets guy, setting up for an offense. KD can still get points. He can still drop a 30. But them, they operate. When you get him and a Devin Booker, two main scorers on the floor, they're going to operate off that fast pace. Get Devin Booker that ball in fucking like while he's on that step. Now he can create, he can move because somebody got to figure out is he's going to drive or is he going to do that fucking step back and get a bucket on me. But what you're not acknowledging though is you're talking about this fast pace. They didn't have the fat, fat, this fast pace because of the big men that were taking up those roles when. Monty Williams implemented those smaller players, those players that can actually shoot. Now they have the ability to run now. You you negating that. The players that was in the first two games aren't the players that's playing now. I got you. I got you right. But I think the slower pace is because of their point guard. Chris Paul, he was holding the game at a slower pace. That's how they shot at him, but I think Chris Paul can get it going at a fast pace when he comes back. But he had the game going slower. Now that he sees them being able to create their own shots at a faster pace, I feel like when he comes back, that's how the game is going to be set up. They're going to keep this pace. And I'm telling you, it's pacing on this team. If they keep this pace up, they're going to pull out this game, uh, fucking game five. They're going to get this win. So when he comes back, do you have campaign still starting or you are you just putting Chris Paul in there because he's Chris Paul? Well, I'm going to say I would start Cameron Payne, honestly. That's, that's me because we just got two wins in a row with this lineup. Let me uh go ahead and keep it. Chris Paul, you will play less time because you're also coming off of an injury. You're going to play less time. And that's an understandable thing for you. When you get in, 
let's see the pacing that you do for the team. Let's see if you can still create open men and create their shots, and then we'll go from there. But Cameron Payne, he's been doing great. Okay, okay. And then we have KD coming down the court, finding these players in Devin Booker. That mm-hmm. I, I know recently that you was pretty sold out on Devin Booker. Are you feeling the love again for him? Like, is he back in your good graces? No, nah, not yet. He got to close out this series. This is all good, but this is – I knew this. I knew this, bro. I knew that Devin Booker can score. He's bro. an unguardable player. <laughs> but it's more to it than that, bro. What's more to it? Like, what What do you want to see more from this? Ah, bro, you remember um, you remember what Kevin Durant when they was when he was on the Thunder, and he was going against the Warriors, and he was like, "My one guard could eat him up." Russell Westbrook would destroy Steph Curry, and that was what Russ had. He was able to score, but his defense, Kobe, his defense. Jordan, his defense, all the bro, you can be great no matter where you put it, but then it's gonna transcend you, right? That defense, that's LeBron's defense back in the day when he uh almost won Defensive Player of the Year, bro. Like, that's mm-hmm. what, bro. You get me? I when feel you both sides of the ball. Dwight Howard's defense, like when you play both sides of the ball, bro, you are a different Cool. So we, bro, like we say these what names. About, what about as we get into this Philly topic, Joel and B, dog? Are they are they back? Is it too early to say? It's too early to say. Honestly, this Boston fucking uh, Boston Philly series is all my head, man. Honestly, it's a second. It's a second series. One second could have changed almost every game that they've been played. And, bro, I can't really say who got the leg up on who. I think this literally can go to seven games. I really don't know. I think if Boston if Boston loses this series or if Boston win this series and then goes to the Eastern Conference Finals and loses, whenever Boston loses, because they're going to lose, they're not a fucking championship team, which is I, I think is obvious. I, nobody should be surprised by that. But they're not a championship team. Whenever they lose, this team is getting ripped apart. This season, this season, it's over. It is. I'm pretty much. I think. I think Jalen Brown wants to. I don't want to say wants to be a star somewhere else, but basically want to take. He he might take the Kimba Walker route. I'm not saying he's going to be like Kimba Walker out the league, but he might take the route and try to develop his own somewhere else. Bro, like this team is getting ripped apart, but I. I don't know when Boston gonna lose, but they can win a championship. This isn't a championship team. They're a couple years too late with Al Horford. But damn, man, I don't know what's gonna. They're gonna figure it out. I I could see Boston figuring something out, getting some pieces up there for Jason Tatum because you know they're gonna keep Tatum. They're gonna get rid of Brown. Uh, I don't know if that's, but that's what they're gonna do. That's the obvious thing. So do you feel like? So do you feel like this Miami team is where they need to be? Because uh, Bam has been, he's been, I don't know if it's the energy of, I don't know if this is the energy of Jimmy Butler, 
but I think I think it's that never give up. Like he struggled early, but Jimmy Butler, he he he's that he's in that leadership role to be like, okay, y'all, I know we're struggling, but don't give up. Hey, bro, you know where Jimmy would have been perfect at? Atlanta, but what? The Nuggets with Jokic. Um, speaking of, how do you feel about that? Like, what what do you think they're missing? Because you don't just lose two straight games. Like, is it Jamal Murray? Like, is he struggling? Like, what do you think they're struggling at? Um, I mean, fuck, bro. Because KD, KD and Book, they've been playing phenomenal. But they haven't been getting blown out. Like, the Nuggets are struggling. Nah, bro. It's, um, it's something. I think it's the third. It's the third option, bro. Like, who is your third option? Like, who is... Because Murray, he's been putting up his numbers, bro. He's been putting up the 25s. He's been putting up the the 20s. Like, he's doing his part. But they need a third. They need a third out there, bro. And they third option's been looking real timid and fucking um, Michael Carl Williams and uh, what's my other boy named Duck Contest, nigga? You mean um, Michael Porter? Yeah, Michael Porter and uh, fucking uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Like, they've been looking real timid as third options. I think I think Aaron Gordon in his role is good, but I think like no, mind you, this this is what I mean by is good because the third option shouldn't be between those two. It should be Michael Porter, and I don't think I think I really think it goes back to where you're saying paying the players. I think Michael Porter he's going to get paid because of his I don't know what it like if you're a top pick and they where they think you might be. You feel what I'm saying? Bro, they paying the players like they're gonna pay him because he he is literally a KD type prototype, a long player who can shoot and put the ball on the ground. So they think that he's gonna have a high ceiling, so they're gonna give him money, banking on that high ceiling. But you don't think you should do that? I don't think you should do that. I think I should pay you for what you've done, not for what you can do. And that's the crazy thing, because I think he can be that player. But I don't think it goes back to what Patrick Beverly was saying, that these players are so good, but they really don't love the game. And mm. more and more, you can say what people say what they want. More and more, you can appreciate players like Russell Westbrook. And Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler. Hey, bro, but I want to say one one weird thing for you real quick, right? They say the bubble championship didn't count. They say this, right? They I don't say, know why. They say this all the time. But I want you to look at else right now. If the Heats win their series, if the Celtics win their series, and that is literally, literally the Bubbles championships right there. Do you understand how crazy that is? Yeah, because I think that, that Lakers bubble team is probably – they're more deep. Now, if they probably would have had a whole season, they would have been better than they are now. But right now, I think that Lakers bubble team beats that current Lakers team right now. Uh, oof, I don't know. That's a tough right one. now. I'm not y'all are y'all are y'all are seeing them getting oh. in their stride. I'm talking about Rondo. That team was together that whole year. Bro, it was eating. They was eating, bro. They was eating. 
But nah, bro, I just think it's mad crazy that all the same teams might end up back in the conference finals. And then you might, you can literally get a Laker Heat finals, bro. You can literally get that again. But even if I like Jimmy Butler, I want LeBron to get another ring. But I, if, if, I don't think, I don't, it's going to be tough on Jimmy, dog. It's because he might, it depends on how Tyler Hero looks when he comes back. But I don't think that he beat the Lakers right now, even though they're dominating the East. Bro, they not. They can't beat the Lakers. But I'm just saying, bro, it's crazy. And I don't know if they can, if they can get past Philly. But if they could, <laughs> if they could, that would be crazy. But so I don't know. If, so that's what I'm saying. Look at Landry Shamit right now. Open threes, five straight threes. That boy a bucket. Monty Williams, like he literally, he like Landry Shamit wasn't getting no burn. Man, he was on the. I remember he was on the Clippers. He was a nasty bucket too. Everywhere that boy go, he could just hit them threes. Man, I tell you. Answer me for this last question, right? Because I, before we head out, I need you to answer this for me. So, what really, what really, like, is it time to say when players, when they feel like they don't feel like they're washed? And the reason I say that because you have players like Cody Zeller on the Heat getting playing time. Or you have players like Austin Reeves coming out of nowhere undrafted. Uh, Why aren't players that like a DeMarcus Cousins that get the looks? Why don't you think they can get back in the league? Or is it something to where they aren't aren't humble? Because I think Austin Reeves and Cody Ziller and players like that, or a Kevin Love, like they embody (laughs) consistency. And And I think those players and superstars, they feel like they go overseas. They can have them blow out games like Brandon Jennings or blow up for like 40-some points. But they, I don't think they realize that the players that are still in are because they're consistent and they take a role. You lay, you name it a lot of white right now. You're naming a lot of white. I want you to know. That doesn't, race doesn't mean anything with being consistent. All right. Because yeah. you have UD, Udonis Haslam. I'm going to say this, bro. I think that personalities and mannerisms play a part on if a team will sign you. If your personality is fucking nuclear dominant or if you are too too much and they don't want to have to manage you, how they will put it, I think the teams will not sign you to a contract because they don't want the liability that you may come with. A lot but of these- is it teams? Is it teams or the superstar? Like the superstar isn't comfortable because if you aren't producing the numbers that you used to, team, because you can say it's a superstar, but you always got to recognize the team is going to get the hit. Superstar comes and goes, but the team can put a bad taste in the fan base's mouth. You get me? So the team is going to look at like marketing from them. I think it all comes from them, and I would never put it on another player. This and another player. I think it literally be the marketing upstairs, and I don't want that nigga. But, bro, it's they look at shit in a different way, and they not. But have not, you noticed that recently? I have, like, cause only reason I say that because I look at these players 
they all everybody have a podcast. Everybody is former players. They're talking about the sports. And I look at the people on the bench of these teams, like uh, a Codwell Pope, like Codwell, Contavious Codwell Pope, when he was with the Lakers, it was sometimes where he was struggling, but he still got the opportunity and look at him on the Nuggets doing this thing. Because remember, remember, he was good. He consistently gave you what he was going to give you. Consistency. Yeah, he put up the same shots. If they didn't go in, he still put up his shots. He still put them up. He was there on defense. There every night, bro. That's what you need from a player, bro. So a player like Iman Shepard isn't consistent. That's like those are the players that I'm talking about. Like the ones that you can they no. you know wants to get back in the league. Or Tristan Thompson has another opportunity. No, no, don't because you you want to sit there and talk about white players. Now nah, I'm naming black players that have them same Iman, privileges as white players. Iman Shepard was consistent, but Why he's <laughs> the style of play, bro. Iman was slowing down. If you look at the last couple of teams he was on, he was actually slowing down. He wasn't the same Iman Shumpert. Yes, he was still a bucket. But also, Iman Shumpert didn't shoot no fucking threes, bro. This nigga was the mid, like, he was mid-range all day, and he was like a fucking 40% mid-range shooter. That ain't bad, but it's like. They wanted him to be in 3 and D with him and JR, but it just wasn't him. Why would I sign this player? When he refuses to change his game, yes, he's magnificent on defense. He refuses to change his game, though. And we can literally go get a younger player who can shoot deeper balls and will listen. Like, he will fucking shoot the threes. That's the key word, what you just said right there. Listen. Yeah, and, bro, like, I I, I think Iman Shumper, I don't see why he wouldn't have a job. Same thing with, like, a... No, it's not the same thing like a Melo. Melo should definitely have a job. But I don't see why these players wouldn't have a job at this point. But I don't know, bro. I This shit is weird sometimes. Just like I felt like the Suns fucking owner should have got fined. This shit be weird sometimes. Why would he get fined? And this is my team. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my building. <laughs> what do you know? But, bro, that's how it works, bro. You're supposed to get, if you're disrupting the game, you get fined. He was holding on to the fucking game ball. That is true. He was literally so, holding on. So you're on Jokic's side of he did what he needed to do? Like, when that, when a reporter asked him why you didn't let the ref get the ball? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm with Jokic on that, 100%. 100%. Yo, Jokic, I have became a fan this playoffs. Really? Because... I think because I don't know if you looked at the sentiment of the um like the conversation, but people were really dissing Nuggets game and saying they were boring to watch. And all of a sudden, like I'm mad because the the Joker is really like my favorite villain of all time, and he probably has the best nickname out of I've heard out of NBA players outside of like the King and all of that. But people are starting to gravitate to Jokic. I, I don't know if it's because of how pretty his game is and how fluid it looks. Like, what, yeah. what makes you love a, a Jokic? It's dirty. It's dirty right ways. The elbows he's giving you, they're in the right spot so the ref don't see it. The hooks he's giving you when he on defense, pulling your body one way, it's all right, bro. 
Like, I like it because, yeah, it's grimy. But he gonna be grimy with you and then go on the other side and give you buckets, bro. I love that shit, bro. That's how a big man's supposed to be. That's how I like my big man pause. But, like, that nigga's out there, bro. He's actually... Fuck, bro. Like, yeah, that nigga, he tough. He tough. All right, y'all. I think... I, this you season. said what? I think something activated in him this playoffs, too. Like, maybe maybe it's competing against superstars. Maybe it's him taking... <laughs> this is another topic for another show. Maybe it's, it's him taking a backseat because he wanted to give the MVP away. We're not going to talk... I pre I I mess with Joel and B, but we're not gonna talk about them last them last games where Jokic just magically just dwindled his numbers after people was talking about why is he gonna win three MVPs but no championships. I think that was a conference tank. A, mm. uh, I think that was a tank. Mm. Maybe, maybe you just want that chip now. But people, I I appreciate y'all. My boy, do you got anything? I just, I, I have to say personally, I thank y'all for listening to our show, Different Ranks, for getting us top fifty in Botswana. Shout out to Africa, but hey. nah, man, I really appreciate it. And look up the number one artist in Botswana right now. We need to, uh, we need to get them on the show. Get them on the show. All right, you got anything for the people? Hey, stay vigilant, stay prayed up. All right, we'll see y'all next time, different ways.